I want you to get your Bible turned to Acts chapter 2. I have been thinking about how much I enjoy and count on the presence of God. So I want you just to stop. We've had a great time already in his presence, haven't we? But I want you just to stop and I want you to relax and I just want you to, if you need to close your eyes in order to focus, I want you just to close your eyes if you have to and I want you to focus and think to yourself, just take a deep breath of the presence of God and just say, man, I like being in God's presence. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. It is amazing. It is it is comforting, it is empowering, it's exciting, it's fulfilling, it's life-changing. And some of you say, how do you get in God's presence? How do you get there? Like, I like what you're talking about, but how do you get there? And how are you comfortable? How can you be comfortable in the presence of the Lord? Well, you know that the presence of the Lord is everywhere, right? God is everywhere at all times. He's with us all the time. And, 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 and I enjoy the fact that I can talk to him at any moment and he's right there and he and I hang around together all day long every day. I enjoy that and that is his presence. But there's something that I'm talking about here. There's something a little bit different. There's something special about the times that he suddenly shows up and fills an atmosphere where that two or three or more of us are gathered. I love it when, when we have those times where that he just shows up and and our agendas are gone out the window and our schedules are gone and we lose track of time and we just, I don't even know a better way to put it, but we just bask in the presence of the Lord. In those times and in those seasons, your life will be changed more than if you spent thousands of dollars at conferences, in therapy, watching videos, There's nothing that you can do that would benefit you more than just a few seconds of being in the presence of God. And yet some people are terrified to be there. And some others, when he shows up, they start trying to figure out how to get out. Uh, It is amazing to me, after knowing the Lord uh, the way I do, that anybody would want to leave when he shows up. But I'm going to talk for a few minutes about the presence, being in his presence. What about his presence? What what are the benefits? What are the benefits that accompany the presence of God? And so uh, this passage of Scripture, this is Peter, and he's preaching on the day of Pentecost. He He made a lot of profound statements, but this one in particular caught my attention when I was reading it, found in Acts chapter 2, verse 28. He made this statement, and this is the message that Peter was preaching there, you know, where the the day on Pentecost where then uh, 3,000 people are brought into the kingdom that day. This is a part of that message, and and in this message, he makes this statement. He's talking to the Lord and about the Lord. He says, you make the path of life known to me, and in your presence, there is complete joy. In your presence, there is complete joy. Now, there were a lot of people there with Peter on the day of Pentecost. 
that experienced the presence of God that was so overwhelming that 3,000 people from all over who had come together to celebrate there, they had come from all over the land and spoke various different languages, but there was something that was so powerful about that that changed their lives to the point that 3,000 of them received Christ as a result of the testimony that Peter gave about who he was. And his presence was there. And these people begin to, to try to describe that. In fact, uh, here in this passage of Scripture, the author of the book of Acts at this particular place is trying to describe in their words, but their words seem insufficient. You remember how they described it? It, it even made it confusing for us. It, said, it, it was as if tongues of cloven fire appeared Right? And, and we've for years been trying to figure that out. We've been trying to gauge that. We've been trying to say, well, I guess if we really have a Holy Ghost service, we'll all, our hair will catch on fire. I mean, we're, we've been trying to figure that out for years, right? What does that mean? And it's, and it's these people who are trying to describe the presence of God. We're like, wow, we don't know how to describe it. It was amazing. It was almost like we were on fire or something. These clothes of Tongues of fire appeared, and we just start speaking in these other languages. You say, now you're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Which one are you going to speak about? The presence of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm saying, it all happens together. They all work together. But they're insufficient in their ability, I think, to be able to describe what it was like being in that presence we've described it lots of times as, as, as a rain, as a mist, as a fog that rolls in. That envelops an entire atmosphere. But there are many benefits that accompany his presence. But there's three in particular that I want to talk about briefly this morning. I wish you'd get your pen, piece of paper, and get ready to take notes. The first benefit that accompanies the presence of God is direction. Look at it. Verse 28, you make the path of life known to me. How many of you would like to have the path of life made known to you from time to time? There have been times in your life where you're like, I need to know the path right now. I, I really need to know direction. I need direction. A lot of the time I pray for people. I say, what can I pray for you about? And they say, I'm just trying to determine God's will for my life. I'm trying to figure out where I should go next. I, I'm just trying to figure out what direction I need to be going in my life. And I would say to you, again, before you spend a lot of time on books and conferences, that if you would spend a little bit of time in the presence of the Lord, your path would become a lot clearer. Your steps would get lighter. Your eyes would be open. It's amazing the clarity that comes from spending time in the presence of the Lord. I'm not talking about working out. I'm not talking about that you, you, know, that you, that you put yourself in a position where that you're, you know, you're just tormenting yourself to hear from God. I'm talking about those occasions. And it can be any time or any place. It doesn't have to be here. But those occasions where... Man, you just, you just get with the Lord. I mean, for me, the presence of the Lord is all about a personal thing between me and him. Whether it's just he and I in my office, as it is so often, or if you happen to be there too, but I don't let you bother what's going on with me and him. 
Make sense? You could be there. It's not about you and me. It's about me and him. And his presence that can accompany, it can come at any place and at any time. In those times, in those times, so many times when I was seeking direction, trying to figure out where I should go next, if I could just lay everything down for a minute, if I could just lay it down and truly just seek his face instead of his hands, I would begin to hear things that I had never heard before. So many of our prayers are always about what he needs to do for us when most of the time our prayer should be, God, I just need you to be with us. I don't need you to do anything as much as I need you to be right now. I just need to be with you. And I probably need to be changed a lot more than I need you to change things anyway. And your presence would do that. I am seeking your direction. Many, many years ago, there was a, a little wooden toy, a little wooden bird called the flugy bird. And the flugy bird had a label on it that said, I fly backwards. I don't care where I'm going. I just want to see where I've been. There's far too many people who are living their lives that way. They have no idea where they're going. They're so busy looking at where they've been, either for a good or a bad reason, either to brag about what God did back then or what God's not doing right now or, or, or whatever the case might be or, or just thinking about how good things used to be and I wish they were like that now. We can spend and waste a lot of time if we try to live like a flugy bird. But our lives could become so much different if we would commit ourselves to ongoing seasons where that we spend time in the presence of the Lord. I don't need to see where we came from. It was nice. I have pictures. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't need to go back. I don't have to rehash or remember or relive. I, that was great. I'm thankful to have that. I, I'm grateful for what God did in the past. But I want to keep my eyes forward. I want to keep my feet moving. I want to keep going in a direction that's bringing him glory. Because I'm convinced that things that are coming are greater than things that we've seen. And I want to get there and I want to be ready when I do. I need the direction that comes from being in the presence of the Lord. Never run from his presence. When he shows up, I've heard of people that did that, that they would actually commit to being in seasons with, of prayer with the Lord. And when the presence of the Lord would literally show up and manifest itself, they'd become so frightened they'd run away. Or for the people who are in too big of a hurry, who find themselves in settings like these where that God shows up and begins to do miraculous things. He begins to just move, just brood over his people. And they start looking at their watch and saying, oh, wow, hey, this is Sunday. I've already been here an hour. I got to get. I've only eaten once today. 
I got a lot of more eating I got to do today. I got a lot of more nothing I got to hurry to. I got to get out of here. Let's not be in a hurry. Let's never run from his presence. Anytime God shows up, that's where you need to be. And you need to stay there till he's done. And number two, that verse said that in his presence there is, I want you to hear this, complete joy. You know what complete means. Complete is perfect and full. There is perfect and full joy in his presence. Amen, I need that. I want that. Do you? When you have complete joy operating in your life, it'll be obvious to everybody. It's kind of like the story of the three men and the dog who were playing poker. Another fellow walked up and saw the card game going on, and it looked like the dog was winning. So he said to one of the fellows at the table, this dog must be really smart. The guy said, he's not all that smart. Really? Yeah, he said every time he gets a good hand, he wags his tail. He has a tail. Some of y'all get that, that ever played poker. If you have complete joy in your life, it'll be obvious to the people around you. Proverbs 15, 13 said, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face. So if your face isn't smiling and your tail isn't wagging, it must mean you've not been spending enough time in the presence of the Lord. Because in his presence, there is complete and full joy that you can't hide. It would be obvious to everybody else. And the third one, I've got to take you to Genesis to see. The third one is rest. But I want you to see this very briefly, this story, Genesis story, Genesis chapter 4, verse 16 is a very, very sad verse of Scripture. It said, Then Cain left the Lord's presence and lived in Nod, the land of wandering, east of Eden. In order to understand that verse, very briefly, let me tell you the story. Cain was the first person on the planet to commit murder. He murdered his brother out of jealousy. After he killed Abel, he then tried to hide the body from God and lie to God about it, which didn't work because God said even his blood is crying to me from the ground. I mean, I know you killed him. I saw it. I even know where he is. And God said to him, as a result of this, your life's going to be a whole lot different than it's ever been before. I mean, your days of living in this garden, your days of seeing the, 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 the lushness of this existence are over. And Cain said, your punishment is too grievous for me to bear. God, if you make me leave here, if I leave this place, and if I move on out and, and I'm out among other folks in the world, but you say, well, there couldn't have been any other people in the world. Yeah, he'd been around long enough now. There were a lot of people in the world. There may have been hundreds of thousands of people in the world by then. 
He said, they're going to kill me. So the scripture said that God gave him a mark and a promise. I don't know what the mark was. One theologian said he grew a horn. I don't imagine that probably happened. I read that. One guy said he grew a horn, and I don't know that he grew a horn. But he, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I don't know how we'll ever know whether he did or not. Um, I, I don't know that it was so much of a physical mark that was on Cain as it was the hand of God upon Cain saying, I will protect you from them killing you. But it doesn't say anything in there about how that, that the mark or the hand is going to, in any other way, make his life better. Just said, I'm not going to let anybody else kill you. In parentheses, you might wish I had of, but I'm going to keep you alive. Your life is not going to be like it was. It's not going to be as good as it was. So God gave him a promise for ultimate protection, but it was not for rest. Instead, God said, you're going to struggle from here on out. And Cain, it said, left the presence of the Lord and he went to the land of Nod, N-O-D. Nod literally means the place of wandering, the place of vagrancy, the place of restlessness. Cain was now a vagabond. Nod was known as the place of trembling and shaking. That's what every place is like when it's void of the presence of God. If you have a King James Bible, you would see the words dwelled. Cain left the presence of the Lord and dwelled in the land of Nod. The word dwelled means he settled there. He He sat down and remained there. I want you to hear this indictment. I want you to hear the sadness of this story. Cain left the presence of the Lord and went to sit down and remain in the land of wandering and shaking and trembling. And he stayed there. That's a terrible ending to the story, to leave the presence of God to go stay somewhere apart from him for the rest of your life. What an indictment. But here is the, here's the point I want you to hear. Whenever we choose to leave the presence of God, we're in danger of never coming back. But there is no direction in the land of Nod, the place of wandering. There's no joy in the place of Nod place of shaking and trembling there's no rest in the place of nod it's just a miserable existence apart from the presence of God but in his presence there is direction there is complete joy there is rest How often can I get that, Pastor? Every single time you need it. 
any time you decide that you want to be in his presence, you can be there. What do I got to do? Do I have to quote a certain amount of verses? Do I, have to, do I have to do a certain amount of things? Is there some kind of incantation I got to do? No. The beauty of our relationship with Jesus is that he's always here, closer than the whisper of his name, right? So at any point you decide, you can say, God, I have just decided to shut it down and hang around with you. Let me illustrate this with one last story. The story of the old man who was bent over under a heavy load on his shoulders. He was carrying a bundle. It was so heavy. Struggled down the road toward the market when along came another man in a wagon, a horse drawn cart, and he took pity on the man with the load and he pulled over and he said, Sir, let me let me take you with me. He said, Get in the back of the wagon and I'll take you to town. And the old man climbed up in the back of the wagon and they went down the road. And he gave him a couple of minutes to get situated, and the driver turned around to see if he was doing okay. And the old man was sitting in the back of the wagon, but here's what the man driving the wagon discovered. He was sitting in the wagon, but he was still strapped up to the load. He had put his weight on the vehicle for transportation, but he had not been able to turn loose of his burden. Boy, there's a lot of people that try to walk through their life with Jesus that way. I'm going to get on the vehicle. I'm going to get on the bus to heaven, but I'm going to carry my own load till I get there. And Jesus says, why would you want to do that? All of you that are weak and are, are heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll still have a burden. You get up in the wagon, you're still going to have the burden, but sit it down. It's still going to be your burden but you don't have to carry it. Your life's still your life. Your stuff's still your stuff. Your burdens are still your burdens. Your problems may still be your problems. And prayer may not make some of that go away. It might still be there. But here's what's so cool about the presence of the Lord. When you get in the presence of the Lord and you lay down the burden, it sure does make it seem lighter when it's time to keep on going. But pastor, I still got to pick it up. Yeah, you still got to pick it up. Here's the key. Stay in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, there's direction. In his presence, there's joy. In his presence, there's rest. So stay in his presence. When? As often as you can. Whenever you can. Which is when? Whenever you decide. Whenever you're not too busy. Whenever you're not in a hurry. Whenever you decide. Pastor, my burdens just don't go away. They just stay heavy. It just My life doesn't change. Circumstances aren't changing. Things aren't changing. It gets worse and it just doesn't go away. And I keep praying it doesn't go away. You are toiling in your walk with the Lord. You're toiling and you're trying to pray away a burden that might be yours to carry. But Jesus said, if you get in the yoke with me, I will help you carry that. He didn't say, I'll carry it all and it'll go away. He said, I would help you and then your life becomes manageable. 
Man, I've been singing that song. I've been singing that song lately. I want us to sing it together. And I want to open up these altars. And I just want us to spend some time in His presence. But I love that song. Neil will sing it for us in a minute. He says, I love, I love. Remember it? I love your presence. Sing that with me. I love, I love. I love your presence. I love, I love. I love you, Jesus. I love, I love. Come on, church, stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. If you're the one that says, I'm needing direction for my life, Pastor. You're the one that says, man, I need my joy refilled. You're the one that says, I just need to rest. I'm so tired, I just need to rest. Then come and find yourself in His presence because His anointing is already here. The presence of God is already here. Some have said before, there's a river that runs through this place. It runs through here all the time. It's the presence of God. You can get in any time you want, but it's up to you. You can either leave or you can jump in the river, whichever one you choose, but it's there. It's there. It's there. If you love His presence, then throw your hands up in the air and tell Him, I love your presence, Lord. I love what happens in your presence. I love what happens when I sense your anointing. I love it when we hang around together. Lord, I love it when you speak to my heart and when you speak to my mind. God, I just need to be in your presence for a little while. Come on now, sing that song. And if you need to, come down. Come down to this altar. Come down to this altar and find what you need. His presence is here. The Spirit of God is moving. 